and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. As you've seen from recent episodes, we have had a string of special guests on our Grapeseed Friends series, and today is no different. I'm sure you have your own favorite Grapeseed song or big book tune. I certainly have mine. You might remember in Savin's 10 Things episode that he talked about being impressed with the variety of musical styles incorporated in our music, especially with the jazzy washing machine song in Unit 9. Well, here is the man behind the arrangements of our music. Josh Friesen has been an invaluable member of the Grapeseed family for many, many years now. If you have a favorite song or a big book tune, it is more than likely Josh that arranged it. So welcome to the podcast, Josh. Ah, Thank you very much, Adam. Nice to be here. Okay, we're going to go with the normal voice. We're not going to go with the funny voice you tried before the (laughs) recording started. (laughs) Maybe not. Okay, so let's start with some information about you. How did you find Grapeseed and how long have you been with us? Well, my wife uh, and I had been married for a couple of years. This was back in uh, 2006. And she picked up a brochure for Meisen Academy in Japan okay. and, and brought it home and said, let's move to Japan. We were living in Vancouver. And I said, no way. No, what? I, I was working in television doing um, audio for a broadcaster in Vancouver. I started my own recording studio. and. And she just sort of let it simmer. A month later, I said, well, maybe we should move to Japan. Well, at least maybe let's interview. So we did. Another month later, we drove down to Seattle and interviewed and got the job. And several months later, we flew to Japan and moved to Japan. And uh, I left my music career back in Vancouver. We had a, a little apartment in Japan. I brought just enough recording equipment to, to sort of do it as a hobby and hopefully find some clients in Japan. And it didn't take long before I connected with Wine Studios and started producing some music for film trailers and some background music for a few projects. But the best was Anne was teaching immersion. It was the first year they were doing this immersion program. Mm. They had no curriculum materials. So her, uh, Esther Fanger and Kim Broman, the three of those ladies were building this curriculum with the help of Loretta Cusack is making this curriculum from scratch. So I was at the right place at the right time. They would finish teaching at three or four and then make this curriculum until dinner time every night. And then in the evenings, I would help them record this grassroots REP program. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd record audiobooks, songs, and they created these CDs they sent home with every student after every unit and these books that they laminated so students could use erasable pens on them. And uh, I arranged recordings of songs that they had either rearranged from Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or the Alphabet Song and uh, recorded it in our apartment. So by the time Grapeseed uh, started about a year later, when we were just finishing up our teaching contract, I had already been building all these tracks and songs for Mason Academy. And they thought, oh, you might be a good music director for our, our new product. So I was at the right place at the right time, helping them with these tracks. And uh, yeah, the rest is history because I've been now the music director and songwriter for Grapeseed for now 13 years Wow! since, since then. Yeah. That's cool that you guys were there so early, you and your wife, with those kind of introductory steps into what eventually became what Grapeseed is now. Like that's, that's amazing that you've been with us for that degree. Like I, I don't even know that history. So I feel like that experience teaching grapeseed 
was the perfect fundamental experience for me as the audio director of, Absolutely. of an English language curriculum project. Yeah. So, because if you never how, taught kids and you never sung songs with kids in class, then making right. songs, it would be so much more difficult. Absolutely. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So what is the general process of how a song in Grapeseed is made? So who starts with the concept and what is the process that goes through before it gets to you and you add the Josh Friesen magic on the end there? Hmm, magic, eh? Wow. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> definitely magical. Um, well, it always starts with the text, and the text is paramount. The curriculum team develops the text using art and science to utilize the perfect arrangement of language functions and vocabulary words into a poem, a song, a story, a chant, an action activity. And then when it's a, a given unit is complete, I'm given a Word document with all of the songs finished. Mm-hmm. So they're flexible. If I'm songwriting and I, and I want to add a chorus, I need to repeat a line or adjust some phrasing to go with whatever style of music I'm composing. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some flexibility and I ask for approval. Um, but it starts with the curriculum team who build the text and send it to me. And then I make assessments. The art director, Bruce Johnson, um, assesses what the song is or the story and then assigns it to an illustrator or decides if it needs to be animated or filmed with actors. Mm -hmm. But for music, I typically get together with producers at the company, historically Joshua Broman, Dan Nichols, and Jeff Gibbons, a a friend and colleague of mine here in in Canada. We gather either in my studio in Calgary or in Japan at Wine Studios and just experiment. We have the text in front of us. We have instruments in our hands. We just throw out as many ideas as we can into the room, into each other's ears and hope that we have the best idea or just sort of experimenting with our own creativity and within the confines of the text. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that might be starting with a drum beat on, on a keyboard, like a drum machine or Mm -hmm. starting with a little like smack in my chest. (laughs) <laughs> or just like whatever gets the creative juices flowing. and whatever gets it going recording always recording the ideas and then experimenting with melody and the lyrics to whatever musical ideas are sort of bubbling up and mm. it's a it's a fun process it especially mm. with other people by myself it's so fun too and i often do it by myself where i'm, I'm given a song and i experiment I sing it out loud, I make some beats, I add some chords, I add some piano, and usually it's a failure. That's the thing about songwriting. You you fail and fail and fail until you find something that's, you know, the diamond in the rough almost. You just, you keep trying until you have something that you feel is good. Mm. So that's what we do. And as a group, you have more chance of finding something good if everybody's on the same page and everyone's creative. Mm -hmm. So once we've established a demo, It's typically not in the right tempo, not in the right key. Maybe it doesn't even have a style yet. Maybe it's just a melody. But I take it back to my studio and start honing in on the exact style that I want it to be, refine the melody so that it's simple enough for students in whatever unit or grade level they're at, and then build the arrangement and hire other instrumentalists who are specialists. Like, I'm not that good at violin. Actually, I don't play violin at all. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a guy. I got a guy and he's good. (laughs) He's really good. So when I need violin, I'll ask if I can hire him and then I'll hire him and we can really hone in on that. So, and the last few steps of this process really are hiring singers and voice actors to narrate a poem or story or song. 
And then sometimes I'll hire groups of children to be a kids choir. And that's, that might be the funnest of all because, Mm. well, the teachers, they get to experience this in the classroom every day. Mm -hmm. A group full of kids looking back at them, singing songs, like smiling and enjoying it. Yeah. Yes. I don't get that anymore. I'm not teaching, but when I hire a group of kids, usually five or six kids, I get that experience again, where they're giving me everything they've got with their beautiful little voices together in harmony or in melody or, you know, unison rather. So yeah, that's the process. And then after that, lots of editing to make sure that corrections are made and making sure it's clear and concise for the students, mixing, mastering, and then preparing it for whatever medium it's going to be on CD, DVD, or in the app. So mm-hmm. there's millions of steps. Well, there's like a hundred steps. <laughs> <laughs> Not a million, but it's still a hundred. There's exactly 100 steps, Adam. <laughs> Keeping you busy. Yes. So do you have a song that you're particularly proud of, of all, that, of all the ones that you've made? What's the story behind that one? I, I'm proud of them all. They all are kind of special to me. Making art is fun. It's, like, it's almost like a little piece of you. Mm. But I, I remember in Unit 17, the Look Outside song, um, look outside, will you please? That mm. song. I remember it was like magic how it came about. I grabbed my guitar. I looked at the text. Maybe I had a 30 seconds with the text. And Joshua and Dan were sitting on the couch across from me in my studio. And I just started doing that. I started playing my guitar. Oh, yeah, this feels good. Oh, yeah, okay. And I just started singing the song. It was like it was already written. And mm. it was like out of the ether into my brain and right out of my mouth. And it just came out of nowhere. Afterwards, I'm like, well, that's really, it feels familiar, but it wasn't that. It was just that it was complete. I sang it from start to finish, reading the lyrics, and it, and it was done. The guys were like, where'd that come from? Have you been working on this for a while? And, and I hadn't. It's never happened before or since. And uh, so I, I'm proud of that. That's exciting that it felt um, heavenly almost. So yeah, anyhow, and you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I've, I've just heard stories similar to that of like famous musicians. Like I've heard multiple Beatles stories in the same way where they'll wake up in the middle of the night and then they had it in their head. They write it down and boom, there's one of their greatest hits or something like that. Like, <laughs> so you're, you're, you're in the pantheon is what I'm trying to say. That's funny. The other night I dreamt I'm working on, I'm working on a new song for the um, Little Seed program. Okay. And I woke up and I had dreamt about some melody revisions for okay. a toddler song. And I emailed Matthew Stridham. So, oh, Matthew, uh, I'm going to update you with a new mix because I dreamt of a, me- <laughs> a melody <laughs> revision. It was just like three notes were different. That's all. But it was enough that it was made, simplified the melody to make it easier for teachers and to make it more of a, you know, earworm for kids, a little easier to get. I tell you, that's like the goal is to yeah. find the most interesting, beautiful, and simple, really, songs so that it, they really work for, for teachers and students. I'm sure when you wake up in the middle of the night with these inspirational ideas, I'm sure your wife is thrilled when you wake her up at 1 a.m. No, saying, I don't. Hey, I don't. Hey, I, don't hey. I don't. I don't wake her up. I don't wake her up and grab my pencil and my little audio recorder. <laughs> no, I just hope that it's still there when I actually wake up. Or Fair enough. So it's a home recording studio. It's down in the basement. I can just run downstairs and Perfect. turn the computer on. <laughs> 
So speaking of some of those special, those those really great earworm songs, I think I'd be a little remiss here if I didn't bring up a couple of the most famous ones and ask for the stories behind those as well. So I think everybody loves the the blue song that goes with the big book in unit two. So if you can give us a little bit of the background behind that one, that'd be great. Uh, yes, the blue song. In the initial years coming back to Japan to do production on on videos and, and audio, I would always go into the schools and and ask to watch as many classes as I could. And then I would I would create my own roundtable discussions with the students in the classes. But the blue song came up as one of the one of the most the blue song and the green song, I think, mm. at the time were very popular. The blue song was one of the first few songs I wrote for Grapeseed, and it was back in the day when it was Mason Standard, I believe. Oh, yeah. Sort of like it was uh, being created in concert with the Mason Academy. So it had a different name. But I remember I wrote that song as a like Beach Boys kind of okay. song. I, I even had like, you know how Beach Boys had like complex harmonies and they sang really mm. high? So I had like, <laughs> I had this like harmony in the background of the old version of the blue song. A little harder to sing. Yeah, well, it was the background. It was yeah. nobody's expected to sing it. It's, it's almost like an instrument, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, it has like surfy beach music. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. Feeling it? Yeah. yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. But when we produced the music video for this about four or five years later, um, it just needed a refresh. It needed an update. I wanted mm-hmm. to make it a little more modern. So added some more like pop rock feeling to it. And then had the the young actors who we hired to act on our DVDs and the videos that are on the app now. I, I taught them how to play the instruments for the music video so that they could like believably pluck the bass, bang the drums, strum the guitar, and like rock the mic. Mm. <laughs> so that was a blast. So I really like how that music video turned out for that song too. Amazing. Another one that we get comments on all the time, especially on this podcast, we've had many coaches and teachers and even school owners on that have all said that Everybody Grows is their favorite song. So what's the background of that one? That one, let's use it unit seven. That is six. Unit six. I remember the day we wrote that. No, five. Sorry, five. (laughs) Funny story, we typically, I would go to Japan for a week or two and write songs for a week solid with Joshua Broman and Jeff Gibbons and Dan Nichols or a mixture of those people. And uh, we, would try, we would try to write about maybe four or five songs a day. We had the text, right? The text, the, the lyrics are written. It's just the music. And we just sit in a room together for nine hours or so and just write songs. So about an hour or two hours for each song and try to get the arrangement going and, and, and agree upon it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was in that session that my wife called from Canada to Japan and said, we're pregnant. And I got the phone call while we were in the recording session. It was wow. in the same session when we recorded Everybody Grows. And one of the guys in the room went and pressed the record button too. Cause I started like saying like, uh, uh, we're having a baby and I was excited. I was red in the face and, I, and, and they cheered and this was all being recorded on the microphone in the room. So that was pretty special. Pretty okay. special. Yeah, never forget within, that one. Within that session, we wrote every, wow. Isn't that perfect? Everybody yeah. grows. Babies grow. Little chicks oh, grow. Come on. Yeah. Perfect. So 
specifically to that song, when that melody came out, I remember the sort of reaction in the room being more like, wow, we, we've got a hit here, that mm. feeling. And then back in my studio a week or two later, working on production, starting the production, I, I record most of the instruments myself and I, I played the, um, the guitars. It's step-by-step with music production. You typically start with a vocal that's temporary and then build the drums, build some bass guitar, add some piano and whatever else might be needed. For this one, it was guitars, drums, bass guitar, and and like an orchestra, a little string orchestra. Mm. Um, but when I was recording the guitars, I remember it's getting like goosebumps, like nonstop goosebumps because it just felt emotionally driven and was sort of hitting all the right chords, if you will. Mm. And then next phase of the process recording phil vanderveen and Analia gilbertson uh two amazingly talented singers phil's from vancouver and Analia is from calgary they sang their parts and then we added the kids choir on top five kids at a time singing their hearts out you know the feeling everybody Mm. grows when people are just belting it out when it's a good melody and it's plus when it's like up at the top of their range so they really have to sing loud to Mm. make that melody come out clear these kids were doing that and it was emotional it was special a couple years later songs finished it's released already kids are using it all over the world i popped in at a mason academy summer camp when i was there for something else for production. I went, I was wanting to watch classes again. Anyways, they're having summer camp and the students were holding hands, rocking back and forth. It was dark out, stars are out, summertime, giant fire in the middle. They're making a circle around the fire, holding hands, singing, everybody grows. I think I cried. I think (laughs) I cried a little, a couple tears for sure. No, No judgment, no judgment. But that was probably the most rewarding moment of my professional career, hearing my work being used, felt, and coming to fruition as that. It was so special, so oh, special. And, and one, of my, one of the co-writers was there with me, and we had that moment together. We looked at each other. He filmed it. And we were just like, oh, wow, that's amazing. We're so lucky to be doing what we're doing. Mm. Yeah, when I was when I originally joined Grapeseed and I was practice teaching at Mason, my older students, so the the five year olds going on six, they were in unit five when I was teaching them, and they moved to unit six before I left. But on my last day, they got all those kids together, and then they sang "Everybody Grows." And yeah, I uh, that's why there's no judgment for you crying because a couple I was, tears for you too, oh, huh? Not not just a couple. It that's was nice. it was just waterworks. So oh, right yeah, on. so I think everybody has a everybody has their own special memories when it comes to this song because it's cool. Great. That's so special. I'm so glad to hear that. So selfishly, um, I want to know about one more song here: the background of the mail carrier song in Unit Eight. It's been my favorite, and I want to huh. know more about it. Well, tell tell me what. What to is just, it the melody? I love the, the Motown feel of it. It just sounds ah, so yes, yes. great. Okay. Oh, it's it's wonderful. I love it. So yeah, I need to know the background. Okay. So yes, it's it's does definitely have a bit of a R, Motown R and B R and B vibe. It didn't originally. Oh. I wrote that as a bit of a country song. Oh, I wouldn't have yes, liked it as much. It was like think. a country rock song. Uh in fact. Uh, I'll, I've got a sample of it. Um, we'll play it Let's here. play it. 
this is the way the mail carrier song used to sound. And this was written about 11 or 12 years ago. And it lasted like this for just a couple of years before we rearranged it the way it is now um, back in about uh, 2013. Okay. Let's check it out. Make, make your friend's birthday cards And write some letters too I'll drive my truck again I'll take them to your friends And they'll write back to you Down, down the street House to house I'll skip a step or two I'll whistle and sing I'll whistle as I bring some letters just for you. Well, I had no idea that that's how that sounded. Yes. So that's uh, my old youth pastor singing vocals on that song. His name is Ooh. Mark Davis. Gorgeous voice. Um, he did. He got cut, though, when we re- re-recorded it. Then we hired Tay Brooks. Tay Brooks, mm. he was the drummer in the blue song. You can yep. see him on that video. But also, he Tay sang uh, You and Me, um, Under the Great Big Chestnut, Chestnut Tree. tree. Mm. Five. Um, um, I know my number's one through ten. Eight. But what comes after ten? Hey! <laughs> and then uh, a bunch of songs in unit 31 to 40, which I'm imagining Ooh. not all of your teachers and uh, listeners have even heard. Am I, They're not there I mean? yet, but they can, they can listen to them on the portal. Oh, good. Unit 35, Army of Rabbits. Okay. There's an army of rabbits in the backyard. It's like Ooh. this, like, it's this soulful, like, urban R&B song, but it's about rabbits okay. stealing his vegetables out of his backyard. <laughs> He's like, I'm losing a war with the rabbits. They're the enemy. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so fun. It's like getting words like war, enemy, weapon, I think, like into a song without actually ha- telling him. Yeah, keeping a it PC. Story. Yeah. So anyways, it, it's a good one. Tay Brooks, though, I found him on YouTube. I do all the voice casting for the singers and narrators. Myself, I was looking on YouTube for, for kid singers. And he was maybe nine or ten years old singing like Michael Jackson songs, like beautifully with wow. this gorgeous voice that you can hear on those songs. So You and Me, What Comes After 10, the blues song, he still has a young boy voice by the Unit 35 and a few other songs in the later units. He's 15, 16 years old, and he's got his young man voice by now. So it's kind of perfect because those songs are for older kids. Mm. Even yeah. on the DVD content themselves, if you watch and you pay close attention, some of those kids, you can see them getting older as the DVDs progress. Yes. Oh, yes. great. So let's, let's shift gears here from Grapeseed to Little Seed. So recently we've released Little Seed, our program for three-year-olds. How has the music creation side been different with Little Seed compared to Grape Seed? For Little Seed, the text creating of the songs mm-hmm. was very similar. The curriculum team composed all of those songs um, together and supplied me with all eight units or sets, they're called, of Little Seed songs all at once. So we had all of these to look at. Bruce mm-hmm. Johnson and Dan Gracie, um, our art team, created the characters and, and devised these sort of theme around each 
uh, song already, but no work went into the melodies until a group of seven, uh, seven of us gathered at a house and worked nonstop for, I think it was six days wow. and wrote all 80 songs in a week. It was awesome. I, I, in fact, I, I was nervous. I'm like, there's no way we're going to do this, but I'm going to set a timer on my computer. You know, one of those like work timers that tells you to move on to the next task yeah. or log your work or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I set a timer for 30 minutes. After we finish the song, reset another 30 minutes. I'm like, we got to try, we got to try to do one song per 30 minutes or wow. else we're not going to get through them. And mm. we got, we got through them. The text was, was pretty ironclad by then. So we didn't have to do much massaging adjusting. or editing. Mm. Yeah. We didn't have to, we didn't have to do much rewriting of text. We we're just writing songs, writing melodies, writing arrangements. And, and everyone equally pitched in at one point after I think it was day five, two of us stayed in one room, two of us went into another room and two of us went into, um, a third room and just started working individually. We got to get faster here, guys. Let's break up. And, <laughs> and then you take, you take these three songs. You'd, and, and we, we came back together and like, here's, here's what we came up with. And, and Bruce Johnson and Dan, uh, Dan, Daniel Johnson had written their three songs and they were awesome. And we nice. added some notes and uh, Joshua Broman and Dan Nichols wrote their three and they were incredible. And <laughs> we added a couple of notes and me and Troy Kokel, my co-writer from here in Calgary, we did our three songs and oh my goodness. All right. We made up the time and we, yeah, we finished so many songs so quickly and had such a nice time. It was really special. Now building then the videos for those and building the arrangements of the music and, and hiring the vocalists. That's all, you know, years of time mm. for 80 songs because yeah, absolutely for a given unit of curriculum, it takes me at least a month working full time to produce a full album. I call it worth of music. So mm. it was eight units, videos, lots of animated, uh, stories and songs for those so yeah lots of extra work in the future but but the initial creation was pretty special how quickly it came together for the melody i'm sure after you got home you probably slept for a couple days afterward (laughs) yeah i probably did (laughs) so shifting back over to grapeseed and going to those upper units you were mentioning before for the music in 31 and up i hear the music was all you not just the arrangement so can you talk about your favorite song from those upper units? Well, yes, that's right. 31 through 40. Typically I'm responsible for the music, the arrangements, the recordings and all things audio, but those yeah. I was tasked with actually creating the text. I was given the academic objectives for unit 31 to start with. And, and uh, that happened here in my home studio with Troy Kokel. It's a very difficult job writing grape seed text because mm. the specs are stringent so that's very 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 tricky uh songwriting but again super rewarding because once you complete that task that that uh, difficult task and have something you know beautiful to show for it it's uh pretty special once you have your army of rabbits it's all once pretty you special. have them <laughs> yep. And I have to give credit to Troy Kokel, my friend and, and uh, colleague, the songwriter. He's, he's, he wins awards in, he's, he won a songwriter of the year in, wow. ca- in Canada. He won songwriter of the year in, in Alberta for country music. And, and so he's a very talented lyricist and, and musician. So um, shout out. Yeah. Huge shout out. He's uh, he made it possible really 
for, for me to be able to do that successfully. So for all the teachers that are listening, when they start to teach a new grapeseed unit or a little seed set, we ask them to listen to the music and practice with it a lot just to be ready to teach it in the classroom. So you're the, you're the audio music man. Do you have any tips and tricks for teachers to memorize songs quickly? Yes. And as I mentioned, I had to do that myself. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to teach uh, Friends Club at Mason Academy. Um, so I know that. I know that given a, a unit full of songs that you've never heard before and, and having maybe a week or two or who knows how long to learn them and prove that you know them and then start using them successfully with students. That's, that, can be, that can be difficult. Mm. Uh, my tip is repetition. And this is kind of obvious playing the track a lot, listening closely to the melody and listen along and sing along out loud. Don't just listen and mouth it, but sing mm. out loud, belt it in your car at home, in your classroom, when you're setting up your room. But even more than that, and I find this is huge for me when I'm learning a new song, I record myself and then compare it to the original. Mm. And then a bunch of red flags pop up like, oh, I thought I knew that song. And you hear it with fresh ears because you're playing it back, your own recording. You're like, oh, yeah, that, I went down. I should have gone up. Shoot, that's the wrong note. And that can be really helpful. And doing that with repetition, playing the song, singing along and recording your own voice. You can record it on your phone or, or uh, your, your computer. But hearing myself back singing a song is always very helpful because then I hear the problem, make the correction. It just makes a lot more sense to me when I do that. Perfect. Oh, f- funny story though. Okay, Adam, you taught quite a bit, right? Yeah. Did you, have to, did, you, did you ever have to learn the songs and then prove to your head teacher that you knew them before? No, but I, I've heard that other people had to do that. That I makes sense. Yeah. I had to do that and I failed. Ooh, the <laughs> yeah. music man. Okay. Uh, maybe I like, you know, strut my way to that appointment thinking I got all the skills for melody. I don't, I don't need to try too hard, but I didn't get it. And uh, my head teacher was very particular and she heard, she heard, I didn't record myself. I didn't practice enough, obviously. Mm. And they were new songs to me, but yeah, I had to go back to the, back to the practice drawing board and, and get back to work. It was humbling for sure. Yeah. I, I still think they do that at Mason. I still think you have to learn the, the unit and then sing it in front of a head teacher before you are basically licensed to then teach that unit. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's right. That's Everybody great. listening, there, there's a little bit more pressure at some schools than others. That's, that's <laughs> a lot of pressure. I do like your recommendation, though. I think we've also mentioned on this podcast as well that singing with the recording is a great thing to do, but then I didn't recommend singing it, um, recording yourself singing it, but I recommended um, singing it a cappella afterward and then listening to it. Because usually you can kind of catch yourself, if you yes. try to sing it a cappella after listening to the recording and you're like, Oof, wait a second wait a second, my, my key's off here, my tone's off here. You'll uh-huh. be able to catch that. But definitely, yeah, your recommendation of recording yourself, then you can't escape. Even if you don't have that in-the-moment reflection, you play it back and you listen to it. You're like, oof, okay, I really need to work yes. a little bit more. Yes. So perfect, thank you. So throughout the years with us, you've been involved with a lot more than just making the music, which is already an amazing job in itself. For yeah, example, I remember seeing... Job. yeah. For example, I remember seeing you at some of the live action video shoots for the DVDs. So can you give us some other examples of things that you've been involved in in your many, many years with us? 
You know, I think I've spoken to most of this throughout our conversation already. Um, It really is all aspects of audio, and I lean heavily on the curriculum team. Writing 31 to 40, the curriculum team was our editor. They were our head teacher pointing out infractions. Yeah, the unsung (laughs) heroes, the curriculum team. Oh, my goodness. So much work. Oh, so much work. And they work so hard and long hours. And uh, writing and recording, mixing and mastering, um, casting voices. What's been really satisfying also is casting the actors for the DVDs. That was my role, casting children from around, around the world to be the, the face of Grapeseed mm. for those DVDs. And I, I hope that we're going to do some more. I think we probably will film some more Hopefully. videos in the future. Uh, but all things audio. And, and that's pretty special because there's not many jobs that one person gets to wear all those hats. Mm. So early on, I was probably not the greatest mastering engineer. I wasn't good. At, I wasn't a casting director. In fact, the last couple of years, I've been the animation team leader until about three months ago. I, so I, there's about a year in the middle there where I was the animation team leader. And I was hiring um, animators to supplement our team of talented animators that produce videos. But audio-wise, wearing all those hats, being the editor, being the mastering engineer, being the musician um, is pretty unique. So I mm. find that it's made me a very well-rounded music producer because I'm a generalist and I have to do it all. So mm-hmm. I work really hard to get good at, at each step of the production. And, and when things come up that I don't excel at, thankfully the company and the team support me and help me. And there's some budget that I can hire talented uh, musicians or singers or voice actors to make sure that we can make Grapeseed sound like a world-class product. Mm, like but, those violinists. Like the violinist. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just one, just one guy. It, okay, it, just one guy. He's, he's a remarkable, actually. I can put the chorus of a song on a loop and he'll do like the first violins. He'll do like three tracks of that and it'll keep looping and he'll just go to the second violins. He'll go to the third violins and after like, 12 loops through the song. We've got 12 tracks, a violin. He sounds like the entire massive violin section in an orchestra, (laughs) you know, in 20 minutes with one person. Wow. Yeah. Sounds incredible. Denis Dufresne. He also is another award-winning Canadian musician. He won the uh, fiddle player of the year, violinist of the year at the Canadian country music awards for like four or five different years. So. A lot of, lot of Canadian shout outs on the podcast. So if you're a teacher from oh, Canada, yeah. this, this must be uh, time to start singing the national anthem. Hey, <laughs> on heart. Yeah, there right we now. go in my head, <laughs> <laughs> but amazing stuff, Josh. So everybody listening, if you have a favorite song you'd like to share, send it into mail carrier at grapeseed.com and I'll make sure Josh hears about it. I think we've all been really impressed with the variety and quality of the music in our program. And this is your chance to let the guy behind it all know. So thanks again for joining the podcast, Josh. Well, thank you, Adam. It's been fun. As always, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. There we go. a good day but now i will say goodbye my friends goodbye goodbye everyone